Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 238 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, man? Well, I have Starblast Bang coursing through the veins to power me through this episode. Got a bit of the finger poke of doom coming people's way. Going to talk some G.I. Joes, of course, a bit of news. And I want to wish my youngest a very happy birthday. Her birthday falls on August 11th. It is her golden birthday this year. She turns 11 on the 11th. And did you know what the golden birthday was, Jeff? Not the golden shower. That Not oh. to be confused with, but the golden birthday. No, what is that? The golden birthday is where your age falls on the same day of your birthday. So, for example, Peyton's turning 11 on the 11th. So, therefore, that would be her golden birthday. Unfortunately for you and I, we're way past those. So, unless 2020 (laughs) brings about the reinvention of the calendar as we know it, and there ends up being a 47th day of some crazy month as of yet to be named... Well, then I'm out of luck. My golden birthday came and went and I had no idea what it was, but very happy birthday to Peyton. And in addition to that, Christopher Dean, who also shares August 11th with Peyton for birthday. So happy birthday, Peyton, on your 11th birthday and happy birthday, Christopher Dean. I don't know how old Christopher is, but it's safe to say he's not 11. So a very happy birthday to Christopher Dean as well. I didn't know it was Christopher's birthday. Happy birthday, Christopher. Yeah, he shares his birthday with Peyton, so it's easy for me to remember. (laughs) Very nice. Well, happy birthday, Christopher. Happy birthday to my niece, Peyton. Scott, what else is going on over there? Well, you know, I was going to save this for later, but you know what? Screw it. I'm so pissed off at Target, dude. Oh, wait. Are you sounding off right now? Yeah, I'm sounding off now. I was going to save it, but man... Have they botched? I mean, I know that they carry a lot of exclusives and whatnot, and they're like the big the big company for NECA. They get all the cool NECA stuff. But they have botched this G.I. Joe classified so hard. Like, not even funny. Do you remember back in the day when we had, you could go to a mall, and we had Electronics Boutique and we had Babbage's. Those were the two stores that sold video games inside the mall, right? Correct. The big thing was video game release dates. We all knew when the games were dropping and both of those stores were watching the other one to see if one broke the street date because the minute one broke a street date, the other one could sell it in addition to the company that broke the street date. Well, Target has a street date of the G.I. Joe classified series of 814. They moved that up to 81. Here's where the problem lies. And we talked about this last week. Some targets, even before... 8-1 was announced, we're putting those G.I. Joe figures on the shelves. They weren't even close to being ready to be put out yet, according to the date change of 8-1, but some stores were still putting them out. While some stores were holding them for 8-1, 
And apparently other stores didn't even get the memo that they were supposed to be put out on the 1st, and they ended up holding them until the 14th. So you see where the problem is. It's either early on the 1st when they were supposed to be released, or now late being next Friday the 14th. So with all of that said, I've been able to luck out so far and get one beachhead. One. That's it. That was the only figure that Livermore Target had. But all of the other targets have broken their street date. I'm on Pop Finder. I look up Manteca Target. Shows that they have full stock of all three figures I need because Baroness is zero across the boards. All three Correct. figures I need. Beachhead, I wanted to get another one for you. Cobra Trooper and Roadblock. Says they have stock on all of them. I'm like, sweet, I'm driving to Manteca. About a 20-minute drive. Get to, and I know we're doing Finger Poke Doom a bit early here, but I'm really pissed at Target. Make my 20-minute <laughs> drive to Target in Manteca. Walk in. I'm wearing my Cobra tank top, right? So I'm very clearly a G.I. Joe fan. You know what I'm looking for right off the bat, walking in the door. No figures out on the pegs or the shelves. I go to the electronics counter. I read the guy the DPCI number. He looks him up, talks to some other dude at the counter, and is like, hey, what are we doing with the G.I. Joe figures? Guy says, we have to hold them till the 14th. So the other dude that now has joined the conversation, because apparently he's the one that's making the calls here. I'm like, okay, so you know the other targets have already broken that street date. So now we're kind of going back to Babbage's and Electronics Boutique. Once the street date is broken, that now enables all of the other targets, hypothetically, to break the street date. And now bring out my G.I. Joe figures. (laughs) And he's like... Well, we're holding them till the 14th. That's just what they said. And I'm like, okay, but everybody else has broken the street date. In fact, I bought a beachhead last night at Livermore Target, and I can show you the receipt and the picture of beachhead. And he goes, well, we need to hold them till the 14th. I can get a manager if you want. So now he's offering to get me a manager. I'm like, look, I'm not going to go all Karen on you, dude, but everybody else has broken the street date. So you should be able to sell these. And he's like, well, we can't sell them yet. I go, okay. So let me make sure, just so we're all on the same page. If I come back on the 14th at 8 a.m., those figures will be on the pegs or on the shelves. Yeah, that's the plan. Okay, cool. No problem. So I leave. Drive 20 minutes back home. Just on a hunch, and I had kind of mentioned this to you on text message last night. I jump on Pop Finder this morning. Guess what Manteca Target did? Let me guess. They put the three G.I. Joes out. Yes, All of their stock is now at zero gone because somebody else came in after me and Karen even harder than I did and got them (laughs) with the power of Karen coursing through their veins. I don't know what bang they had to drink. They got the GI Joe figures brought out and I don't know if one person wiped them out, multiple people, but they are now gone. When they told me earlier in the day, we're not releasing them, but somebody else went in Karen hard, got their GI Joe figures and that Jeff is why I am so pissed off at Target because they have botched this whole exclusive thing and this is why people are pissed this is why people are angry with with the exclusives not just G.I. Joe but Turtles and everything when there are people going in and able to get the street date broken when other people can't do that or Target doesn't know what the actual street date is they don't know what the other Target is doing So apparently Babbage's and Electronics Boutique back in the day did a way better job of handling street dates in the 90s than Target is doing in 2020. So it's really frustrating. If you're going to do exclusives, 
make sure everybody's on the same page and everybody's got the same playbook so that we as collectors know the plays so we know when to show up to buy these figures because getting them on pop finder watching for those numbers to pop doesn't do you a whole lot of good with a street date when they tell you we're holding it to this date so you're going to abide by that date and then you're on pop finder and you see those numbers start to plummet by the time you show up those figures are gone guaranteed so here is the silver lining I'm going to wait till the 14th. I'm going to go to Tracy Target. I'm going to, even if the number is showing zero, I'm going to Tracy Target. When they open, I'm going to go back. I'm going to look. If they're there, great. If not, I'm going to the electronics department and I'm going to find out why they don't have figures on the release date. Now, I know that there's an issue with AEW figures right now that they had advertised, what was it, the sixth, the third, the third for their release. And everybody is running to Walmart now, and like one out of every four people is finding AEW figures. Good on you, man. That's awesome. But again, you've got a set date these things are supposed to come out. They even showed it on AEW programming, and you go to Walmart and bear pegs. Why? It's either they haven't stocked them yet, and they've got them sitting in the back, or they have stocked them and they're sold out and they're waiting for restock to come in. But in a lot of cases, they haven't even gotten their figures yet. And they're Walmart exclusives. And that's where the frustration lies. If it's going to be an exclusive, us as collectors, we need to know what playbook we're running off of. Because some have different dates. Some break street dates to where they're out early. And it's it's so frustrating when you're trying to play by the rules and then you see a store break a street date. It is so, so frustrating and I'm seeing the Venom on Twitter, Facebook, you name it. And I'm, I try to stay positive, dude, but Target has botched the G.I. Joe exclusives so hard. Well, regarding the AEW figures, Walmart's in the middle of a reset right now, and that's what's causing the hiccup right there. So that's bad timing right there. That's all I can say about that. Is there's a reset, and some people have them and they're not putting them out because of the reset. It's just dumb right now. It's frustrating going onto Brickseek and seeing out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, but it is what it is. It's the reset. It's Walmart. Now, regarding Target, you're 100% correct. There needs to be some type of uniformity where if the street date is August 1st, it is going to be on the pegs August 1st. If the street date is August 14th, every single Target We'll put it out August 14th. That's the frustrating part is that nobody is following and staying within the time boundaries that are given. I understand there are going to be a few stragglers where they're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the back for my buddy and I'm going to grab him the figures and then all override or whatnot. But there are workers that are like, oh, you need GI Joes. Okay, let me go into the back. Let me grab them for you. They're not, it's not, almost like they're not even paying attention to the street date that's even listed on their scanner. Right. So that's the frustrating thing is there's no uniformity. Yeah. I know Target's a big conglomerate and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of Targets across the country. There needs to be something uniform. And maybe toys aren't big enough to people. Maybe they're just like, it's just another item in this big box store. That, that could be another thing is they're it's just like, it's toys, whatever. And I guess that's the bottom line. You know, and that's why I didn't get super, super pissed off at that target. And I wasn't going to flame on the dude because, you know, they're considered essential employees and I'm not trying to piss them off. It's not their fault. That's why I'm not going to flame at them. I'm more pissed off at target, you know, or maybe do this, maybe call it a target exclusive, but don't give us a street date. Just when you get them in, 
put them out on the pegs like every other toy. Because mm -hmm. then us as collectors aren't expecting a certain date for them to hit the shelves when A, that date changes around, which it already has from the 14th to the 1st, and not everybody got that memo. Or some employees don't even care, as you said, Jeff. There's nothing flagging them apparently in their system that says, hey, don't put this out until the 1st or the 14th. And they just go ahead and put it out. Maybe just don't give us a street date. Let us watch Pop Finder. As collectors, we're accustomed to that. We're used to it. Brickseek, Pop Finder. Give us that tool. Let us use that. Put them out when you get them in. That way, this whole confusion doesn't throw things off, which it has done very much so with this G.I. Joe classified line. So again, I try to stay positive for the most part, and I'm not going to lose it on a Target employee. Just really pissed off at Target for just really muddying the waters and gumming up the works with what is an incredible line of G.I. Joe figures. They've actually been doing this a lot lately, and not just G.I. Joe's wrestling figures, and like you said, NECA Turtles as well. Wrestling figures with the Mattel Elite Legends were being put out early, but the street date, I forget what, said on, what it said on that one, like the 26th or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. But they were getting put out early. Target with the G.I. Joe's, they need to limit how many people can buy. Right. Where So bots don't go in and just purchase everything under your nose. That's another thing. Yes. They need to make sure that they don't do 1 a.m. pre-orders. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, yes. That's a whole nother issue. Target's a big swing and a miss lately. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and you brought up one earlier, Jeff, about the employee going to the back room and socking a couple aside for their friends. You know that that's going to happen. It's it's just the nature of the beast. We've dealt with that as long as we've been collecting figures. But man, they, they really need to address this and fix it. If exclusives are going to continue, this has to get fixed. Well, you will be hearing later that exclusives are not going anywhere, at least for wrestling figures. We'll get into that in a sec. Okay. Uh, you know where to get our shirts, Pro Wrestling Tees and WhatAManeuver.net. We have two new designs up. We have another in the pipeline that I think you guys will be very, very excited about. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram Fully Posable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on FullyPosablePodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are on the go. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and Google Play. And wherever you get your podcast from. Please rate and review on iTunes. Scott, this week it comes in from DD33-41. He said he gave us sweet five stars and he said unity. He said one figure community. And that was it. Keeping it positive. I love it. One fig community. I'll read off one more. This one comes in from Steve M1978. Gave us sweet five stars. He says, hold on. These guys talk all figure lines and now G.I. Joe's and not two hours of only Mattel. Sign me up. Hashtag new fan. Hashtag fig life. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> right on. Thank you very much, Steve. And kind of the other toy lines are kind of a newer thing. And the response to it really has been overwhelming. As, as the great Bob Ross would say, it's kind of a happy accident, you know, where I just got back into G.I. Joe's and that's kind of opened up the whole, whole toy world to us where we talk older toy lines, newer stuff. So... If there's something you want us to talk about, let us know and we can look into it. If it's from our childhood, even better. We love all that stuff. So I'm glad you're enjoying the format. Glad you're enjoying the show. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much, Steve, for sending that in. Yeah, dude, uh, you just happened to mention Joe's and all of a sudden it just opened the floodgates because a ton of people collect G.I. Joe's. So they're now listening to you. And now I'm getting into it, which I'll get to in a second. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fully posable WFP at gmail 
gmail.com. Scott, before we get into our podcasting buddy's funny toy spotting story, this past month regarding t-shirt sales was our third highest ever. Wonderful. I'm really, really happy to hear that and not for our sake, but... Yes. On Monday, we made the donation to Rain between Pro Wrestling Tees and Win Maneuver. It was the third highest month ever in t-shirt sales. All of that money, like Scott and I said, went over to Rain. So thank you to everyone. We made that donation on the behalf of not only the podcast, but uh, on behalf of the Fig Life. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you guys for making that happen. And if you're interested in learning more about Rain, head on over to Rain. That's R A I N N dot org. A great organization doing incredible work. They are the nation's largest anti sexual violence organization. So head on over, check out what they're doing, and to everybody and anybody that bought a shirt, thank you. Scott, Steve Fontas from the PPW Podcast sent over some audio regarding a funny toy spot story, so let's get into it. Hello, Jeff and Scott from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. This is Steve from the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, and you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. My fun toy spotting story is one I've told a bunch of times on our show, but I guarantee there's people who listen to Fully Posable that have not yet heard the PPW podcast, so I'll tell it again because it's one of my favorite stories in general. This is around uh, 97, so I'm in 7th grade, and me and my really good friend Rob, him and I were wrestling fans, and we of course bonded over wrestling, and every day after school, we would ride our bikes to Toys R Us and to KB Toys in the mall searching for toys and searching for figures specifically we were looking for the legion of doom series one bone cruncher toys and i know jeff doesn't like bone crunchers but jeff's wrong bone crunchers are amazing for those who don't know the big selling point of those bone crunchers the legion of doom bone crunchers was that the shoulder pads came off and that was a game changer and even today those are great figures so of course we would go we would go we would go and every day we would go after school and there'd be no lod anywhere in the pegs not really even any tag teams we could find so one day we're at the toys r us and we're scanning and i look up and nothing's there and my friend rob or i forgot who said it me or rob look up and we see in the top stock above the pegs a brown box there's jack specific on it and we're like hey well look look so I went and grabbed a employee and asked him, like, hey, could you get that box down for us? We want to see if you guys have uh, wrestling figures. And he was being a jerk and just said no, waved us off, said well, everything that's on the floor is on the floor, and that's just extra stuff. So he walked away, and we weren't going to be deterred by that. So my friend Rob and I decided we're going to knock it off the top stock shelf onto the floor. Now, we're all adults now, so it's pretty easy to, to climb up on the shelf. But when you're in seventh grade, not so easy. Uh, I was always taller and still am tall, but my friend Rob wasn't. And I was such a chicken, I made him climb up the shelf and I played lookout. So he climbs up the shelf, knocking things off the pegs, kind of leaps up, swipes at the box. The box falls to the ground with, with taking down a peg or two of toys off the shelf with Toys R Us. We rip open the box and sure enough in there, it's an entire set of the Series 1 Bone Cruncher tag teams. We look inside and there's two sets of the LOD. So it was like, you know, the angels appearing above this box set with a halo above it. And the entire time, because we were told that we weren't supposed to grab that, I am sweating bullets thinking, 
we're going to get to checkout and they're going to like tackle us and alarms are going to go off saying, you're not supposed to have that and you can't have this and get out of our store. So we're in line to check out. I still remember the cost to this day. It was $10.75 with tax for a two pack. We get outside and it was amazing. Ripped open those figures as soon as we got home and put them on display and, and they were in our figure federations. It was just amazing. And I still get that feeling today sometimes when I find something in the pegs I'm looking for. So hopefully we can continue to get figures out there in the pegs and continue to hunt figures and continue to toy spot. So wanted to share that with your listeners and hope I invoked some more memories for everybody out there of being a kid, scanning the shelves, looking at top stock. Thanks, Scott and Jeff, for everything you do. And we will talk to you soon. That is awesome, Steve. Thank you for sharing that story. Like you, I also remember when I found the LOD Bone Crunchers and what a great day that was. I was constantly on the lookout. It was, if it wasn't every single day at Toys R Us, sometimes twice a day, it was every other day at least. And I was hot and heavy searching for that tag team set. And when I finally found it, you're right. It was like angels appeared above the WWF figures and just grabbed every single tag team set. But I want to ask, did you put the other figures that were in the box up on the pegs? Because that's kind of the golden rule. If you open up a case, you got to stock the pegs for that person. But since nobody got that case for you, I guess it's kind of an open-ended, ah, you did or you didn't. I'm okay with either way on that one. Just curious if as a seventh grader, you put the figures up on the pegs. Dude, that's hella funny because every time we used to find a case out on the floor, Big Dave was usually with us. Like seven times out of 10, Big Dave was with us. So Big Dave would stand kind of around us because he's big and he would just kind of like keep an eye out for us. And you and I would just go through the case, rip it open, just trying to see what is in there, you know, just stuff like that. But it was funny because Dave always stood guard and made sure that no workers were coming. Like when we found the Bad Boy series. Exactly. Yeah. And it was funny, too, because Dave was with us when we found Series 1 of the Bone Crunchers. Yes, he was. And that was actually a box sitting on the floor. And because we had taken figures out, we went ahead and stocked the pegs with the rest of the figures. Just kind of a cool thing to do as a collector. You know, somebody helps you out, put the figures up for him. Well, we don't know if it went into the right area. We just threw figures on a peg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, because they, at that time, they didn't have the little stickers on the pegs signifying what should be there. It was kind of a guessing game. But yeah, I'm just kind of curious if Steve went ahead and put those up, but what a great feeling. And he's right. It's Even as an adult, as a collector, you don't lose that feeling when you find something new. Like when I found the beachhead figure the other night, saw it sitting on the bottom shelf. It wasn't even on a peg. It was on a very bottom shelf pushed back against the wall. So I kind of ducked down and looked and there it was. And it was that feeling that I had as a kid when I found something new. It was like your stomach's doing jumps. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I found something new. And you you run up and grab it and you get that adrenaline rush. That's really the thrill of a hunt. And Steve's story is perfect for that. And to the extent where one person put their life in danger to get some LOD figures. So much respect. Thank you, Steve, for sending that in scott i'm gonna ask if you did any finger poke of doom but i don't think you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> no none uh move on to what you got yeah i think you did mostly toy spot and you didn't do any finger poke of doom yeah <laughs> no no finger poke of doom and i haven't really done much toy spotting in the stores to be honest over the last few months as i've mentioned mother-in-law's right. poor health so we haven't been doing a lot in store in person but with these gi joe exclusive hitting pegs 
I've really been on the hunt for him. So I've hit at least three targets around our local area. And the other night, lucked out, got a beachhead. That was awesome. And that's the only one I've been able to find so far. No Cobra Trooper, no Roadblock. Still hunting, hot and heavy for those. Still on the hunt. Uh, I do want to mention, big thanks to Jason Wolf, who did find a Classy Freddy Blassie for me. So I'm super pumped about that. That was one that I've really been hunting for. Jason hit us up. He's like, do you guys need a Blassie? You and I had a little back and forth, threw a few punches. I'm the one that was left standing. <laughs> I got the Blassie. And I also want to send out a huge thank you to DJ, DJ Hartfield, who sent me some pics of a G.I. Joe stand at a flea market that he was at, kind of a flea market. Um, it, it was a vendor that had a ton of old G.I. Joe product, some new as well. And DJ sent me a ton of pics from the booth, asked if I needed anything. So he priced a couple things out, sent me that place's information. And I might be in touch with them on a couple of items, but I just wanted to thank DJ for being somewhere, thinking of me, sending me some pictures. So big thanks to DJ as well. And that pretty much rounds. Oh, wait, no, I do have one more. My wife the other day, after she finished up at work, I had texted her while she was at work. And I was like, hey, how much do you love me? <laughs> and she was like, I already need to stop at Target after work. What are you looking for? And I said, well... The Target and Lathrop shows that they have stock on the new G.I. Joe figures. Would you mind swinging through? And while you're there, check out which wrestling figures they've got. I'm interested in the Legends. She's like, yeah, no problem. So I knew she was going to know the Legends, but she was not going to know the G.I. Joe figure. So I sent her pictures of every new figure inside the box so she would know what she or she would know she was she was looking for. So I lucked out on a Greg the Hammer Valentine Legends figure not the chase he's in the black trunks but they did not have any gi joe figures even though pop finder showed that they had them they did not have them unfortunately so the numbers aren't always 100 percent as we all know but i did luck out i got a hammer in the black trunks i got my heenan so i am good on the legends i think ultimately i'm gonna pass on that razor ramon dude i've seen him with the chain above and below the hair yeah <sighs> I think I like the Defining Moments one better, so I think I'm passing on that Legends Razor. Okay, is it the outfit? Because I think the head is almost basically the same. It, no, it's it's nothing to do with the figure itself, really. I just I think I like the one in purple, the, the Defining Moments package. Everything about it, I think, is better. And I really like that Razor Legend, but, you know, again, trying to budget with all of these cool toys out on the market right now, I think I'm going to pass on that razor, but I got the Bobby. I got the Greg the Hammer Valentine, so I am good to go on Legends. Nice, man. Saturday morning, wake up, check Pop Finder, and it's showing that the G.I. Joes are, like, you know, what you're seeing on Pop Finder. G.I. Joes were there, you know, stuff like that. G.I. Joe is there. People were finding Roadblock out and about, Beachhead, you know, they were finding these figures. So I told Celeste, I was like, let's go to a few targets. Let's see, because Alameda Target was showing that they had Roadblock. And I go, let's let's go. And she goes, okay. I said, do you want to go with me? She goes, yeah, I'll go with you. So she comes with me. Did you tell her what you were hunting? I did. I told her I was looking for some G.I. Joes. Here's the funny part. She thought the G.I. Joes were for you. <laughs> oh, no. So we go out, go to Alameda, nothing. Go to both Dublin Targets, nothing. We go to Hayward. We go to the one by Union City and the one on Hesperian. I found rick rude at one of those oh nice yes the variant or so, the uh no not the variant oh not the, okay so the standard one gotcha 
I had been talking to Norm throughout the day on Saturday, and he said that he found Roadblock over at the Pacific Commons in Fremont Target. And I looked at Celeste, and we were, I would say, 10 minutes away from home. But if you want to check Fremont, you've got to jump on 880 and go in the opposite direction of home. So I told Celeste, I said, if I make you a deal, would you be willing to go to Fremont Pacific Commons? And she goes, what's the deal? I said, we'll get Taco Bell. And we'll get that new grilled cheese burrito that we've both been craving. I said, I'll get that for you if you go to Fremont. And she goes, all right, let's go. So we go out there, right? We check no GI Joes. So I'm kind of frustrated, but I did find a Greg the Hammer Valentine, which I was pretty stoked about. It's It wasn't the variant. Okay. So I was pretty stoked about that. I was like, cool, cool. So we got to talking as we're going out to the car. And she goes, are you a little frustrated that you didn't find any GI Joes? And I was like, yeah. I was like, it kind of sucks. And she goes, well, I mean... You looked for Scott, and I was all, for Scott? Yeah, 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 for Scott. And she looks at me, and she goes, what? I said, well, um, I might be starting another collection. And she goes, wait, these figures are, are for you? And I was all, yeah? I said, well, the wrestling the wrestling figures are for me as well. I said, but I might be getting some G.I. Joes as well. And she goes, what are you doing? Why are you collecting another line? And I was like... Because they're cool and I like them. <laughs> Be like, hey, at least I'm not collecting the new He-Man figures. Right, right. Yet? It's, no, no, I'm not getting yeah. into the He-Man figures. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I might go to Walmart and find some He-Man figures. And I'm as Celeste is now glaring at me to the left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sharpening her knife. So I'm at work on Wednesday. And I, was, I looked at Pop Finder and it shows that Alameda has eight beachhead eight cobra troopers and two roadblocks now mind you on saturday alameda target had three roadblocks and now the number has dipped down to two i'm like okay Mm -hmm. so now they're out what's going on so what i understand i'm sorry not to cut you off but from what i understand there is a case of each figure so it's not a case with all three inside the case it's a case correct each that's my understanding. So it's really weird that you're seeing full numbers of the others, but one is opened. I That's weird to me. Getting back to the original conversation. I head over to Target because I'm thinking, okay, now Roadblock's out or something like that. Because I, I don't know what the case breakdown is, but all I know is that number has dipped. Mm-hmm. And I get there and, of course, nothing. No wrestling figures, no nothing. And I'm like, man, what is going on with this G.I. Joe stuff, you know? So I'm standing there and I'm doing one more final kind of walkthrough to make sure I didn't miss anything. I'm checking down below. I'm doing all this stuff. All of a sudden, here comes a guy with a worker and they come flying around the corner. He's like, it should be right here. And I'm like, I bet you he's talking G.I. Joe's. Now, he's an older gentleman. I would say late 50s, maybe mid to late 50s. Okay. And I'm like, I bet you he's talking about G.I. Joe's. Now, the lady has the scanner in her hand. He has his phone. So I just happened to glance down at his phone, and sure enough, dude. Pop Finder? No, he didn't have Pop Finder up. He had the G.I. Joe's up. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had, uh, I think it was Cobra Trooper on his phone. And the lady goes, yeah, they should be right here. Here, let me go to the back for you. She's very helpful. Oh, and now you're starting to go, uh-oh, I think we're going to get lucky here. So I kind of start following them because I want to see if she brings out a case. So she, they're kind of like an at the end cap. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to kind of stand right here. And if she brings that case out, I'm going to be hovering it over it, trying to get what I can, you know? The vulture position, as we discussed last week. (laughs) Yes, the vulture position. 
So she comes back and she goes, the street date is August 14th. I can't let these out. Now he's starting to get angry. He's like, well, other stores have let him out. And Mm -hmm. I was, I was like, yeah, he's right. You know? Yeah. (laughs) She goes, I'm sorry. It, It says on my scanner, August 14th, that I can't let these go. It has a street date. And the guy is now starting to get pretty PO'd. So she goes and gets one of her fellow employees. He comes walking over. She shows him the scanner and he goes, we can't let these out until August 14th. I was like, okay, so they're not bringing out the case. I'm going to just go. So I just left. But like you, it's frustrating how some stores are sticking to that August 14th date, which was funny because it was originally supposed to be August 1st. Hence the reason that I started going out Saturday morning. Right. Because G.I. Joe's official Twitter sent out that it was supposed to be August 1st, that those weren't to be put out on shelves. Right. And they kept the 14th as the online. Correct. Yeah. The other bit of toy spotting I did, I shouldn't say toy spotting, I met up with Tony Vargas, the special guest we had on, local independent wrestler, Mr. Ego Tony Vargas. Oh, yeah. I bought a Bruiser Brody Jack's Classic off of him. Oh, nice. Good pickup, dude. And this happened right at the same time. I I was going to surprise you and get you the Greg the Hammer Valentine from Tony. He found one. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Scott, I know Scott was looking for him. But you had just mentioned right as I was talking to Tony that Shannon had found a Greg. Yep. So I bought it off of him, but I'm going to keep it. And here's what I'm going to do. When that Brutus comes out, I'm going to get two Brutuses, one to keep in package, one to open, and put the silver tag titles on them. So I'm okay with having two Gregs. Nice, dude. But wait a second. You're actually going to open a wrestling figure? Or are you going to have Celeste do it? Uh, TBD. <laughs> Yeah, we'll find out on my we'll find out on my street date. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's your street date for opening figs? <laughs> uh, we'll find out when the, I find the Brutus. That's my street date. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And the, the cool part about buying well, you're gonna actually have to get two Brutuses then. Actually, three. Uh, why three? You're gonna need to open two because you're gonna need two tag titles. Look at you spending almost a hundred dollars in Brutus beefcake figures. <laughs> what a year 2020 is! Wow. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, well, thank Tony, dude. That Bruiser Brody, why did I skip that figure back in, I think it was like 2006, if I'm not mistaken? Because you didn't have the money for it? 2005? No, 2005, 2006, I was okay. Oh, you were doing good then? Yeah, it was around late 2000. No, it was about the beginning of 2007 to around middle of 2008. I was kind of hurting. Well, dude, isn't that cool, though, that you can go back and look at a figure like that Bruiser Brody classic and just appreciate it? like an over what almost 14 year old action figure and you go back and look at it and you're like man i shouldn't have passed on that thing i really see the beauty in this now i think that that's cool yep oh also i picked off two more jacks deluxe classics oh who'd you get i got Shawn michaels in red from series two and i also got undertaker i think he was series six where he was in gray and black oh very nice dude look at you're building that collection every single week getting a new piece Love me some Jack's Deluxe Classics. It was pretty cool, too. The eBay seller even reached out to me, and he goes, Hey, man, are you a huge Jack's collector? And I was like, well, mainly I'm focusing on the Jack's Deluxe Classics. And he goes, which ones do you need? And I said, well, I've got Series 1. I just bought the Sean off you, so that completes my Series 2. And I have few of them throughout the rest of the series until it ended. And he goes, oh, okay, all I've got is Series 1 and Series 2. I was like, oh, okay, dude, I got you. I said, I appreciate you thinking of me. I said, but, yeah, I've already got Series 1 and 2 down, so I'm good on those. You don't want another Series 1, huh? Nope. Okay, I won't be that devil on your shoulder trying to convince you otherwise. Dude, I got G.I. Joe's to pick up. (laughs) So the deal that I was talking last week with going back and collecting masks, 
That's completely off the table. You are hook, line, and sinker G.I. Joe now. Yes. By the way, people were curious. Why are you trying to get me away from G.I. Joe? Are you trying to, like, make me go out and only look for G.I. Joes for you? No. Not really. I just... It's really going back to childhood, and you weren't a G.I. Joe figure collector growing up. As you mentioned, you did watch the cartoon, but you weren't into the figures. And I figured... All of us older guys that are into the G.I. Joe figures now are doing so because we collected them as kids. But I'm finding out that that's not the case. A lot of people are buying them just because they're awesome. So I'm not going to try to talk you out of them anymore. I just didn't know if maybe because you talk about mask a lot and you didn't get the mask toys like you were hoping for. Maybe you'd want to start going back and collecting that stuff from the childhood. But look, dude, yo freaking Joe. (laughs) Yo, Joe. Cobra. (laughs) You did that pretty good. (laughs) Scott, we've got a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you going to learn today. Scott, before we get into news, why don't you hit up our buddies from Manscaped? Yes, the news segment brought to you by Manscaped. Guys, it is hot outside. It's swampy. Keep yourself trimmed up. Keep yourself cleaned up. Keep yourself smelling nice. Manscaped.com has all of your essentials to trim things up, to tidy things up, cut things off. That's your nails. And to keep yourself smelling nice with different deodorants and whatnot. Head on over to Manscaped.com. Load up your cart. When you go to checkout, use code WFP20. Save yourself 20% off and get yourself free shipping as well manscaped.com wfp20 keep yourself smelling nice and trimmed up for summer scott did you happen to see the new super 7 disney figures i did those things are sweet dude oh they looked fantastic they are going to be 45 dollars. they released three images this past week first one was fantasia's sorcerer's mickey three heads total came with a two buckets of water the broom sweeping stick Here we go with sticks again. (laughs) I thought you would like that one. Not a dragon walking stick, though. And an axe. Dude, these things are awesome looking, man. Super 7 crushes it no matter what. But man, did these look good. Yeah, this definitely falls in line with their Ultimates stuff. And obviously the NJPW line would be considered Ultimates. The King Diamond figure falls in with the Ultimates. And these Disney figures also fall in with the Ultimates. A ton of accessories. Killer looking figures. Exactly what you would expect from Super 7. $45 price point up for pre-order right now. Next one was Pinocchio, three heads total again, including one where his nose was extended and it had birds in a nest on it. I thought that was hella cool. Very cool. Pinocchio comes with a book, Geppetto, the cat, a fishbowl, and an apple. So a lot of accessories with that one. Shannon's going to be tempted on that Pinocchio because of the fig, the little cat that comes with him. Yep. Because that's who we named our cat fig after. So that one might be on Shannon's radar. And last but not least, Prince John from Robin Hood. Three heads, a mirror, and two snakes. The three heads, one has the crown down, you know, stuff like that. So, dude, Super 7 got is working with Disney, man? Oh, dude, this could be bad for my wallet. <laughs> yeah, for sure, especially if they continue with these ultimates at three sets or three figures a pop. Uh, if, if Series 1 is any indicator, this is going to be a very, very strong line for Super 7. Partnering up with Disney is a very solid relationship that's going to be great for them moving forward. We all know how Disney fans are. They are literally fanatics about collecting uh, collector's items. 
as we know from growing up with mom, she still collects everything and anything Disney. So great job on Super 7 getting that Disney license. Scott, you've got a bit of news going on over there. I do. And one actually that I'm really excited about, Jeff, and it comes in from Boss Fight Studios. They just announced this week they are going to be making Umbrella Academy action figures due out second quarter of 2021. No images shown yet, but wave one is going to consist of Vanya, Diego, Cha-Cha, and Klaus. And I just literally, or I should say Shannon and I just literally finished season two up last night. Don't at me. Season two, greater than season one. Loved season one, but season two was just, they took everything that was great about season one and injected it with a shot of adrenaline or steroids, you name it. They just made it better. So super excited for Boss Fight, getting the Umbrella Academy figures. Knowing the the great figures that Boss Fight puts out, I have no doubt these Umbrella Academy figures are going to be incredible. So one of the characters' name is Klaus? Klaus, yes, or Klaus. Like the uh, fish that's on American Dad? I don't watch American Dad, but there's also a fish in the season two of Umbrella Academy. And he does talk, but his na- his name's not Klaus, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, Klaus is the uh, the drunken brother on Umbrella Academy. I was like, dude, they're hella ripping off American Dad. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just, <laughs> it shares a name and that's it. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Uh, so you're. I take it you're not familiar with Umbrella Academy, Jeff? I just know that Celeste wants to watch it. That's all I know. Did you guys watch season one? Don't say you guys. Baseball's on, dude. I don't watch anything else. <laughs> oh my. Well, dude, season one was last year. You didn't watch season one? I didn't even know what this thing was until last week. Okay, gotcha. So it's kind of superhero-ish. And I know you were kind of into the Marvel movies, so you might enjoy Umbrella Academy. Um, definitely more adult-oriented than the Avengers films. But if you're a fan of superhero movies or shows, this one is right up there. It's awesome. Loved Umbrella Academy. Season 2 is way better than well i wouldn't say way better i don't want to diminish what season one was but i enjoyed season two more than season one and i really enjoyed season one so if that encourages you to watch do so moving on more boss fight studios news love boss fight they're going to be making a zorro figure jeff Ooh, zorro is going to be part of their hacks line of figures he's going to be 118th scale or four inches tall and they are also going to be making his horse. And they did show images of the horse and the figure. The figure you can put on the horse. Got to do that, of course. And it looks outstanding. So if you're a fan of Zorro, Boss Fight's got you covered with a 4-inch or 118th scale figure soon to be released. And Jeff, finally in the news this week, Hasbro Pulse. They got 10,000 plus backers. The target was 8,000. They got 10,000 plus for a Transformers War for Cybertron Unicron figure as seen in the 1986 Transformers movie that just crushed kids worldwide (laughs) when they offed Optimus Prime and countless other Autobots destroying childhoods left and right. (laughs) But here they are in 2020 to bring back one of the main culprits of that film, Unicron. He was designed by HasLab because of the 10,000 backers. That action figure, if you want to call it that, is moving into production. This thing is hulking. And I put action figure in quotes, Jeff, because this thing is humongous. 
a dude was standing next to it. This thing was as tall as from his torso to the top of his head. Good Lord. The hands alone have 15 points of articulation, three per finger. And when you close the hand, it can hold Autobots and or Decepticons in its hand. It's that big. You said three points of articulation per finger? Per finger. So a total of 15 per hand. Oh my God, dude. That's how big the hand alone is. How much was it to back it? That I don't know, but I can find out for next week because Chow actually got in on this. Chow's probably the biggest Transformers fan. I know Chow is also the one that gets tickets every year to go to San Diego Comic-Con. He's a legacy ticket holder. And he's all about high-end toys. Like he's a big sideshow collectibles uh, figure collector. And this I knew was going to be on his radar. He's actually sent me the thing today of the video of them designing it and talking about it. Uh, If you want to check it out, head on over to HasbroPulse.com. Just type Unicron into the search. It'll pop up. What I did not see, because it said you could buy in until October 6th. They weren't accepting any orders after the 6th of October. I did not see where you could buy in. So it may be one of those things. They've already hit their number. It's in production. So if you're in cool if not you may have already missed out i don't know what the price point is but i can hit up chow and try to find out i've got to figure this thing was in the three to five hundred dollar range given the sheer magnitude of this figure it's dude it's incredible the detail on this thing comes with alternate chins like awesome (laughs) figure dude like and it can hold other other uh autobots and decepticons in the line it's in scale Oh, Lord, dude. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Head on over to HasbroPulse.com. Type Unicron into the search bar. Just check it out for yourself. If you've seen the 1986 movie, you know how big Unicron was. He was almost like a world. They did him justice. And again, I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse every week, but I'm going to do it again this week. HasLab stepping up, offering something to the collectors. Hey, guys, here's an idea. Put your money where your mouth is. If you do so, we'll make it happen. They exceeded their target by over 2,000. Well, good for them, man. That shows like people are putting their money where their mouth is. Exactly. We want to talk about it. And then when they offer it up, we're going to be about it. And we're going to give them our money because we're hardcore. And that's what happens. We're hardcore about it. We want it. Here's our money. Make it happen. So, Scott, remember last week I said that they did a video. When I say they, Ringside uh, did a video with Steve Ozer and Bill McKenna from Mattel. There was a second video that was put out last Friday. Oh, part duh. Yep, part duh. Like uh, hot shots. Yes, thank you. Glad you got the reference. (laughs) Here are some excerpts from that video. So Steve said, if there is to be more UK NXT figures, then they want to make sure that the UK fan base has an easier access to those figures. Which I thought was really... Yeah, I thought that was really cool because UK collectors couldn't get the Pete done, and that was kind of... It was almost like they left out a big portion of the fan base that wanted the Pete Dunne figure. No, that's a great call on their part, man. If you're going to make a UK figure, you have to make them available to the UK. I mean, it's bad enough that they can't get everything we get here, but don't screw them over on their own wrestlers. Like, that just sucks. So good on Mattel on that one. Is there anything special for Elite Series 100? Steve Ozer said, oh, yeah. That's for sure that they are going to do something. If they did something big for Basic 100, they're definitely doing something even bigger for Elite 100. Man, that is awesome. Because Elite 100 
was some of your all-time legends. You had Rock, you had Stone Cold, you had HBK, you had John Cena and Undertaker. Is that correct? Yep. Man. So you got to so that's all attitude era right there. What are they going to do for Elite 100? What do you go legends? Um no because they already have their Mattel Elite Legends line, so I don't think that they would go legends. So maybe current day or maybe a nice mix of everything. But man, I'm just envisioning like a, a series of maybe six that does like Hogan, Warrior, Macho Man, Junkyard Dog, Roddy Piper, DiBiase, or something of that mix. That would be so cool if they did that. And looks we haven't seen yet. I don't think that they'll be doing JYD anytime soon. The reason I say that is I don't know if they have them under contract. But if you think back to the JYD, oh man, was that Elite 33? Oh, yeah, it warmed the pegs pretty hard, didn't it? Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it did. Okay, so no JYD then. Maybe another Piper, though. Possibly another Piper. They're doing the two-pack with Mr. T, so possibly. Yeah, I would love to see them do something like that or give us like three WWF and three NWA slash WCW guys. I think that'd be pretty awesome for Elite 100. It just makes you think which direction they're going to go because with Basic 100, they mostly did Attitude Era. So I'm wondering how they're going to handle Elite 100 if they go really old school or if they bring it current day and just do like essentially like a top picks. Next question. Any legends and flashbacks that will not be store exclusive? Steve kind of got confused by the question at first. He said exclusives are the way of the world right now. Two huge main retailers both want exclusives. Exclusives help the toy lines overall. Ugh. Exclusive. <laughs> Come on. With there being no Toys R Us, well, I shouldn't say no Toys R Us. There's two out there, I think, if they're still open. I don't know. But that's the thing is they've got to appease the retailers, dude. It's just so funny to me. Walmart and Target both. Give us more exclusives. We just don't know what we're going to do with them. (laughs) Street date. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Steve also said exclusives are not going anywhere. They are taking extra steps to make sure people do have access to these exclusives, though, and they do want to make them easier to get. Like with the Billy Kay and the Peyton Royce, those were two per case. Well, that definitely helps. That definitely helps. But when you see Walmart and Target constantly crapping the bed with their exclusives, and then Steve's like, it's not ending, ugh, man, it's kind of disheartening a little bit. But as collectors, we keep trucking, man. We keep chugging along. Next question, is there any plans for more authentic scale playsets? Steve said nothing to announce at this time, he says, but right now with social media and figure photographers, this may be the time to do that. JT, I hope you're listening. They asked any plans for other titles. Uh, Bill kind of answered this one. He said a lot hinges on talent availability. For example, if they have the right to a wrestler and to a title, they will do it. So it's basically, if the title makes sense, yeah, we're going to put it into our budget and do it. Awesome. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for Doom. You could. I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) But Steve Austin comes with a WCW tag team title, correct? That is correct. Did Doom have their hands on that title or was it the old version right before that? They had the NWA tag titles. Austin and Pillman were the first ones to introduce those WCW tag titles. It was almost like they were phasing out the NWA titles at that time. Okay, got it. And that would have been around 93 then. 
Correct. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So anything after 93. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Right. There's a good chance that they could do it. Okay. Gotcha. It'd be cool if they did another Harlem Heat too. Wouldn't be opposed to that at one bit, dude. Or the Steiners. Just saying. If they have the rights to them. Yes. I get it. I know. Now you sound like (laughs) Steve. (laughs) Can we get more celebrity figures like Cindy Lauper or LT? Good question. Steve says, I hope so. All these things help each other. Hopefully over time we can make this happen. They, meaning Mattel, are hopeful. They are doing things to make these deals happen. They are communicating with WWE to try and make this happen as well. Well, you know, first thing that has to happen is Cindy Lauper needs to be put into the WWE celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. That needs to happen then that makes her more viable as an action figure, I would think, because I would love to see a Cindy Lauper action figure. It 100% was part of the boom. The The presence of Cindy Lauper was part of the boom of wrestling in the mid-80s, and she is long overdue for a figure. I've seen customs that have been awesome. I would love to see what Mattel could do with a Cindy Lauper and makes a lot of sense for next year's San Diego Comic-Con. Next question, can we get re-releases in any format of these guys like King Kong Bundy, Harley Race, Rick Martel, Texas Tornado, etc.? Bill says it all determined under contracts. He says he does want to do it. He wants another shot at uh, doing a Rick Martel figure, but he says it's who's under contract, who isn't. Yeah, and it sucks because if you want to add those guys to your collection now, it's literally going to cost you an arm and a leg. you got to take a second out on your house to even just buy like demolition So I'm really hoping that more guys start falling under the Mattel umbrella, that they can do more figures of those earlier figures that a lot of people missed out on, and you're trying to fill those holes in your collection. You don't have a lot of money to spend. Mattel absolutely should go get those guys again and remake them. I don't think it would affect the resale value of older mint-on-card figures. Loose, there might be some question, but they are date-stamped on the bottom, so I don't think it would cause a huge issue for resale. I don't think so either. I agree with you. Next question, what is the current state and future of the retro line? Steve said things didn't work out at the end. It is something he is advocating for, and as of right now, they do have new outlets to them, basically Mattel Creations. That's what I'm filling in right there. I don't know. He didn't say Mattel Creations. He just said outlets. He says it hasn't been forgotten, so he is pushing for it, but if they're going to do it, it has to make sense. Well, for sure, and you know what better way to kick off Mattel creations than to make us put our money where our mouth is with the retro line. Hey guys, 8,000 backers. We'll just use the Unicron uh, figure that we discussed in the last segment. Give us 8,000 backers at this dollar amount and you will get these four figures done. No problem. (laughs) Done. I'm telling you, they'll get more than 8,000. A lot of people want those retros back, but I get it from Mattel's side that it has to make sense for them. Meaning, it's got to make money. Make us pay you. (laughs) Seems pretty simple, (laughs) right? You spend this much, we get this many people, we will make these four figures. Done. Very simple. No problem. Give us updates as the process goes on, because you know that number's going to get hit. Give us updates, we're happy campers. It's a successful model, I would think, but we'll see. Well, if you think back to what Eric Arana said on our special interview with Christopher McLeod and Eric, Mattel doesn't do stuff until Hasbro does something or Hasbro won't do something till Mattel does something. They want to see if it's working. So maybe Mattel creations was created 
because Hasbro Pulse was such a hit and is a hit, I should say. Yeah. So maybe they see HasLab working. Maybe they're going to try something. Uh, I'm really hoping that you're right, dude. And you're right. I had actually forgotten that Eric did say that, and he's 100% right. So, yeah, let's hope that that example opens up Mattel's eyes and they're like, hey, there's money to be made here. These guys are obviously just throwing their money at these projects that they're passionate about. Let's try something. Retros would absolutely be a great right out of the shoot line to throw onto Mattel Creations. And the last question I pulled is Shotzi's tank in the works. Bill said he would want to get the tank in. What would you have to do? Scale that down to like some miniature, like those new little mini figs, the smallest figures in the world or something like that. That <laughs> He-Man and... Well, that would make one hell of an Ultimate Edition figure, wouldn't it? Sash- uh, Shotzi and her tank. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's a great way to introduce a Shotzi figure too. First one out of the gate, boom, Ultimate Edition with the tank. Yes, please. <laughs> so Scott, this past week, mom and dad ponied up, count them, four eBay gift cards for four lucky listeners. So all anybody had to do was just retweet, follow us in the Full Force Pod, and you were entered. Mom and dad and I, because mom and dad don't know how to use a tweet draw di- thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm shocked. I pulled four names. <laughs> pulled four names. And I called mom and dad to have them announce it because I had to tell them who the winners were because they don't know how to use TweetDraw. They are on the cutting edge of technology. I'm shocked. (laughs) So I interviewed mom and dad for a little bit. So what do you say we jump into it? (laughs) Let's hear it. Hi. Hi, mommy. How you doing? Doing good. How you doing? Doing good. I am recording you. I have to let you know since we're in the state of California that you are being recorded. Uh Uh-oh. Recorded for what? the show <laughs> i'm kidding no no <laughs> I, I, that's dad's job i don't know if you know this but scott and i have a podcast and uh you guys were on it actually oh <laughs> thank <laughs> you for telling us now <laughs> oh surprise so there was a question for you though one of the people asked if they won could they purchase a iron chic figure <laughs> It's a they legit can do whatever they want. It's a legit question though. <laughs> Darn iron chic. <laughs> you will never live that down. You know that, right? I know, but why? Because it's just a funny thing, you know. The parents did weird things back in the eighties, you know, <laughs> limiting kids to certain toys or something like that. And this was just happened to be one of them. That was gonna be one and another one was I looked and looked and looked for Luke Skywalker for Scott. Couldn't find it. And he finally was getting out of Star Wars. Went into a store one day, and I think they had a Luke Skywalker in the box, $15. Scott right there, Mom, can I get it? Can I get it? And I went, no. Or Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is funny. But that's stuff that we look back and we laugh about now. Now kind of like you juggling the milk oh do you want to tell that story (laughs) dad was vacuuming this morning he loves my vacuum thank you oh you're welcome vacuuming that one spot downstairs yeah he (laughs) says he thought about it (laughs) (laughs) same rug (laughs) so the funny thing about that is we had just gotten back from wrestlemania 12 and we actually were watching the replay that night And sure enough, I went out to go get some milk, 
out into the refrigerator out in the garage. I come walking back in and for some reason I was tossing the milk up in the air and catching it. This one time I didn't catch it and that was the last time I ever did that. That was in the days before the rug shampooer. Yes. Shortly thereafter I got the rug shampooer, the car. That was a smart yeah. that was a smart move getting that, by the way. <laughs> I think we all learned our listen lessons to get that. Yeah, like dad just said, kaploosh did <laughs> it stink forever. Oh. It took like what, two weeks for that to come out? Yeah. Well, I mean, there were numerous things that I did that it caused you guys headaches. I mean, I painted the cat pink. I mean, that's one. I mean, yeah. What else did I do? I you decided one it, I don't know what got into you this one night. It was like everything that you could possibly think of to get into. And I'm trying to get ready to go out to dinner with dad. Grandma and grandpa were coming over. So I'm running around the house, cleaning the house, fixing dinner for you guys and grandma and grandpa. And I go upstairs because I heard you wake up from your nap. And what happened? You had smeared, taken your diaper off and smeared everything all over your bed. Wall. <laughs> it was triage. Which do I do first? Clean him or clean the wall or clean the sheets? <laughs> Decided to clean you up first. Got you all cleaned up, then went and washed the sheets on top of watching the dinner. <laughs> and then there's a knock at the door. Needless to say, dad had gone over to see his friend Matt. I couldn't find him called over he had left there gone somewhere else so the doorbell rings or then there's a knock at the door I forget what it was it was a warm day the screen was closed but the door was open you go and I think oh finally Keith is home you go and answer the door and there's this young man standing there selling encyclopedias or something and you were just quiet I go to the door. He's making comments. The guy at the door was making comments about my hair, about, oh, it smells so good in here from the food that you're cooking. I'm trying to get rid of him. And I turn around and think, where's Jeffrey? (laughs) (laughs) You were upstairs redoing the bathroom. You decided to get the toothpaste out and put it all over the wall. So this was all a span of what, maybe about 45 minutes? Oh, maybe, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the good thing is... You were on Zip (laughs) This. The good thing... Hey, they're not a sponsor of us, Mom. You can't really... No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Oh, sorry. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. (laughs) Scott and I talk bang energy drinks all the time. They they don't sponsor us. But the funny thing is, is that all happened within 45 minutes, but 40-something years later, 40 years later, 38 years later, we can all laugh about it now. Are we laughing? Uh, we were earlier. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, na- right. not now. The, I think more of you reminisce about it. You're like, you little a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like packing all the things in the trunk of the car. At the time, it was, how are we going to get this done? And we didn't want to wake dad up. We were trying to be quiet, but trying to get all your, your wrestling figures into the car <laughs> to go to Disneyland. And now we look back and laugh at it. How did we do that? <laughs> Yeah, Dad would always wake up. Uh, what time did we leave? Two thirty, three o'clock to leave for Disneyland. Yeah, about two o'clock, and then we'd meet Betty, Roger, and David, and we'd caravan down. Yep, well, Dad wide awake behind the wheel, and us out. But the funny thing is, is when you look back at it, you, you were able to pack the suitcases amazingly around the ring. Now we all remember how big the LJNs were. I mean, our <laughs> listeners know exactly what we're talking about. 
Yeah. But those LJNs were just huge and the ring was huge. And you were able to not only pack suitcases around it, but you would also make food to bring down. Yeah. So there were chips, there were Cheez-Its, there were other goodies that you had made, maybe some cookies or something like that. That you Oh, were... we had potato chips, things for sandwiches, snacks all the way. Yeah. Yep, sodas. And you were still able to juggle that in there. Now, also, you guys had a big old Oldsmobile, not Oldsmobile, no, was it Oldsmobile or Buick? No, it was the big uh, Buick Park Avenue, the 82. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that thing had a trunk that could fit numerous, numerous people in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the car, you guys always had your snacks because I went, to, I stopped at the candy shop yep. at Stone Ridge yep. and picked up the candy for you guys. Yep. And the year we took Franco down, and he didn't realize that the snacks had to last past the evening that I <laughs> I had to stop the next day and pick up more. <laughs> Franco was a friend of mine that mom and dad would, uh, best starting about 92? We kind of 91. adopted Franco. Yeah, 91. We started taking him down to Disneyland with us. And as mom said, she would stop off and pick up candy for us for the trip. Well, Franco's eating the candy even before we even hop in the car. He was eating it the <laughs> night before and all that. <laughs> it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, mom, it was good catching up with you. Uh, can you put dad on? I sure will, sweetheart. I love you. I love you too. Jevers. Hey, Chump, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, son. What's been new since we last talked back at, well, it was the Mother's Day special a year ago. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've all experienced quite a quite a journey through uh, the COVID and, and everything that's affected all of the families and jobs. And Yep. I like when this whole thing started, you said you have been preparing for this your whole life by not leaving yep. the house. <laughs> Absolutely. Son. And now it's even gotten better because my chair is part of my rear end sitting in it all the time on the computer. So to, so to kind of give everybody a visual, dad has a computer chair. And now the the best part is, is the black coating of the chair has kind of worn off and now it's gray <laughs> underneath. Well, yeah, well, the rest of it's on the floor stuck to the uh, laminate flooring that we have. So, you know, once a week I'm on my hands and knees with a plastic thing trying to pick it off the flooring. <laughs> Um, so as we talk about often on the show, you are an avid duck hunter. How are they going to handle the duck hunting, uh, this upcoming season? Are you guys going to still do it or are you guys, how, how's that all going to work? Yeah, uh, it's going to work uh, pretty much exactly as it has in the past, except for the fact that we have to recognize the uh, social distancing, the masks and, uh, you know, staying away from each other and no groups because our club is relatively big. We have almost a hundred shareholders um, we all can't get together so we're going to have to do it in sections because we have a large gathering area we can social distance in there and stay away from each other in groups of probably about oh six to ten people if they choose to do that how are they going to decide who's going to do which duck blind like because you guys yeah. usually do a draw Right. And, and that draw will probably go on only in a, in a smaller kind of a sectioned basis where there's only like 10 or 12 people rather than being, you know, 40 or 60 in a room. So uh, they'll do it, I'm sure, in little groups and uh, not to exceed the, um, the county requirements as far as social gathering, which is, uh, I think, six to 10 people 
So uh, everybody will be masked up, I'm sure, because that's one of the requirements in the county that the um, the hunting club is in. So okay. we'll get through it. You guys usually do around the duck time. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you shoot, you know, uh, yeah, right around forty thousand birds. That's a that's a lot of lot of shooting. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think it was weird that Keith and Kevin took to hunting, but Scott and I didn't? Um, I kind of saw you guys going in a different direction. Uh, although, you know, I did exactly the same things for you and, uh, uh, Scott that I did for Keith and Kevin and those same things took to them and didn't for you. And I think, um, we were transitioning from kind of an outdoorsy kind of environment to more indoors with the games, the computer aided, um, uh, TV type games that led you back to all of the Atari. And that's a, probably a foreign name for a lot of people listening, but <laughs> that was one of the games that um, kind of got started on. And then your mom was heavily into that and she enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So consequently you kind of gathered around your mom when you weren't playing, um, you know, wrestling. So uh, <laughs> that's, it kind of transitioned that way. And I could see you moving away from it. So, you know, you, you have to let, well, having children, you have to let your children find their, their kind of own direction. And, and I could see that you and Scott were really involved with each other with the, the wrestling and not so much into the hunting. So, yeah. It, and everything that I did for the Keith and Kevin, which are the first two sons, that it, it just is a different time and a different place mm-hmm. because there were no computers in those days. It was all television. Yeah. So, it was a different thing. And then, of course, going back to my era, I actually saw television come in. There were there were no televisions when I were growing up. And I, I watched it like our friends, fathers and mothers that watched um, transitioning from radio and teletype and all those things that don't exist. And now, mm-hmm. you know, airplanes, we have friends that we actually knew that never saw an airplane. So, and my mother was never on an airplane her whole life. After her 80 years, she had never been on an airplane. So it's just, it's a part of life moving forward. And, and as parents, you know, children don't come with instructions. So (laughs) that is is very true. (laughs) So, you know, as, as parents, you kind of learn from what you have experienced with your family and, and your mom and I, um, had very wonderful, loving parents, and and um, and the old story about you become your parents so many times is true. Unfortunately, my dad didn't live a long life, so I was heavily involved with him through the latter parts of his life, mm-hmm. and um, and with my mom that you were fortunately able to be a part of, and Scott. So um, you, you just, as parents, have to let your children grow and support them in the things they do and it's just no different jeffrey than when you and scott decided to take this journey in this podcast that i told you that your mom and i the benefactors if you will are behind this 100 percent. and you know i've offered you this opportunity to avail yourself of certain things that are available to the podcast and you finally have chosen to do that. And that makes me very proud. 
mm-hmm. because there's nothing that warms my heart and your mom's heart more than supporting the people that support you and that carries through to your listeners. Well, did, you said children don't come with manuals. Did you ever think you'd have to watch me to make sure I didn't paint a cat pink? Or drop a, a full gallon of milk <laughs> if you were juggling. Watch this, Dad. I can flip it, except that you didn't calculate the whole journey <laughs> with the sweat on the outside of the milk carton. And when you grabbed it, it was like an olive. <laughs> it was... Fortunately, you accelerated it to the rug. And we had one gallon of milk right at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> going gluck, 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 gluck into the rug. <laughs> when you're 15, 16 years old, you don't take the condensation into factor. Sure, that's a that's a tough thing to figure. <laughs> oh, but, but I don't think that anybody ever uh, figured on the door handle that you guys bent that is still bent when you were playing basketball with the little hoop on the top of the door so, when somebody came down on top of the door handle. <laughs> the funny thing was is I can't remember. I think it was um, David Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. He was a basketball player for the San, o- San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, he, they called him the Admiral. Yep, exactly. He had this little bat foam basketball and he had a hoop and what you did is you kind of put this hoop on a door frame <laughs> and so we were shooting baskets and i want to say when i say we it was either sean and myself or it was franco and myself and uh, we were sean and you yeah yeah we were always trying to quote unquote out dunk each other so yes. basically we're trying to come up with all these new dunks and stuff like that and I think it was Sean that went up for a dunk and his hiney came right down on the door handle and bent it facing down now. <laughs> Jeffrey, I'm looking at it right now over the <laughs> over the top of the desk down into the family room and the door handle is definitely angled towards the rug. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always tried to con your mom to say she did it when she grabbed it. <laughs> trying to get it open to get the vacuum cleaner in those days. I don't so think she, I, I don't no, think it, it's fine. It works. It works. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that is actually the truth. I'm pretty sure it was Sean that did that. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> no different than the, the hours and hours and days and days and months and months and years that you were hitting baseballs, ricocheting it off the top of the lamp up into the, kitchen from the family room upstairs (laughs) yes kitchen and um i also still have that lamp and that (laughs) that has to be 40 some odd years old and i have it down at my hunting club and i look at it every night when i go to bed and it's it's just really heartwarming because that is all what families build their memories on son yeah and uh, you know you can't take that away you know even at, at my advanced age it's just it warms my heart to think of all of the fun that we had. Well, it was funny because you would want to watch Night Court or Cheers. And we yeah. w- we had this Nerf bat and this little green Nerf ball. <laughs> and the Nerf ball would go into the second story. And it had to go through this one window to be a home run. The best part yep. was his mom would be cooking. <laughs> and here comes the ball through the opening. <laughs> and she would be like... It landed in the spaghetti sauce. Oh, it's okay. Just wipe it off. <laughs> she had to run under a little water, wipe it with a towel, and throw it back right through the opening down there so you <laughs> could get another swing at it. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny. You were talking about seeing the invention of TV and transistor radios and all this yeah. stuff. And it's funny, too, because now you guys are living through the Internet era. You and mom have just watched this progression of time. And it's just amazing the stuff that you guys have seen and lived through. And now pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've read about the uh, 1918 pandemic. We've read about other pandemics around the world. And, and now we're experiencing it. Uh, we really um, haven't had to face that since the, um, the 1920s era. But now that we're facing it in this digital age, it's, it's a whole different um, kind of approach to it because we didn't get in those days, from what I've read and uh, researched on the computer, they didn't get information on an immediate basis like we're getting it now. Mm -hmm. And the president didn't even want to talk about it. And that was sad because there was no lines of communication that were as immediate with uh, Twitter and texting and, and all of the immediateness of it. And same with wars, like, you know, the Second World War, the, the Korean War. I was born, you know, at just after the uh, Second World War. Mm -hmm. I was born five days before Pearl Harbor. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's a um, it's a life experience, Jeffrey, that you make decisions on for your life. And uh, and you carry that on as you go through life, not wanting to repeat those things as best you can and protecting your family. Because in those days, you don't have, you know, being young, you don't have a family. But when you do, for all the parents out there, you realize how protective you become of your family. Yeah. And certain things in life, that they're kind of life moments for you. You know, if um, it, you face things that you, you say, oh my God, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. But when you have people die in your arms, you have people that, you know, you, you, you can't imagine having somebody die in your arms when you actually see life leave. And you can't explain that to somebody. Yeah. But it, it, I don't want to bring the show down, but each one of us as parents have to face children as parents we have to make decisions and then all of a sudden as parents we're making decisions for our parents and you still have children and it, it's it's life-changing when you're raising a family and dealing with a family mm -hmm. and the, the family that you're dealing with on two levels is your mother and father maybe and your immediate family and sometimes a lot of people don't handle that well mm -hmm. but you have to prioritize and it it's just something that you step up to the plate or you step away from the plate and we've always as a family pulled together and stepped up to the plate yep and there's a lot of reasons why people step step away from the plate jeffrey but um, that has to be something they have to decide and, and you can't fault them for that. Yeah. All you can say is it's not for me. And this is the way I want to conduct my life. Yep. And it's, it's something that hopefully I've passed on to you and Scott. And I can see that because of the way that you conduct your lives. And it's the same thing with Keith and Kevin, your brothers, they step up to the plate mm -hmm. and, and that's rewarding because as a parent, that's how you build a foundation for your children. You show them how to go through life. You don't preach to them. You tell them. 
This is the way we conduct ourselves and our family. Mm-hmm. And this is what I expect of you until you become an adult and you make those decisions. But hopefully you've given them the foundations to move through life. And that is a, a wonderful thing that you pass on as a parent. That's why I, I was saying that it, it's so rewarding as parents, mom being here watching what I'm saying, <laughs> is, is, is to say to yourself, we did that. Uh-huh. We did that. And I'm proud of that. And nobody can take that away from me. Well, nobody. Well, you you did it for me. I mean, Scott, he's a whole different story. We don't we don't need we don't need to talk about that. We don't need to go there. <laughs> That's you know better than that, Jeffrey. I know. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, Dad, you actually you ponied up four fifty dollar eBay gift cards to four separate winners. I did. And thank you for doing this. This is a great giveaway. It was. It was well-received, to say the least, because a lot of our listeners are collectors, so they'll go into eBay, look for figures. But you have four names in front of you that were randomly chosen. Would you like to read those names, Dad? I would, and I know that there was a random generator that was used, and also a little reference to Back to the Future, a flux capacitor that I'm sure you used. <laughs> so I had to hit 88 miles an hour, but yes. miles an hour, and then the uh, the flames in the street, and then <laughs> on to the future. I've got it. I'm old, but I've got it. <laughs> um, okay, the first one, Jeffrey, uh-huh. is, and I'll spell this, and then I'll read it. Okay. B is, B is in boy, O, Kilberg. Yes, that the is second. that is the Twitter handle, Bo Kilberg. So that is the first winner of the $50 eBay gift card. Go ahead, Dad. Okay, son. The second one is Ralphie Vibes. Ralphie is a great, great dude. Uh, we actually communicate with him often and has actually been on the show. Kind of little backstory, so I'm happy for Ralphie. Conti- Go for it, Dad. Okay, number three is Joseph at demon killer 93 congratulations joseph and dad the last name to be announced to receive a 50 dollars gift card hans at the h a carpenter congratulations to the four names right there you guys have seven days to hit us up, slide into our DMs. Uh, all you have to do is say, hey, I heard my name called. We'll get everything squared away with you. We'll get the $50 eBay gift cards sent out to you. Congratulations to those four. Hey, Dad, did you ever think that when Scott and I were playing with wrestling figures that we would continue that later on in life? Or did you just think, oh, that's a phase. These kids will get over their toys. Um, I think when it first started, Jeffrey, it was a phase. In my mind, and the way I thought of it, it's a phase, but it's a wholesome, bringing you and your brother together phase. Mm -hmm. And that I was very thankful for. But then it kind of didn't phase itself out. (laughs) It (laughs) stayed. It wasn't a phase. And then when you started putting them on display and you started... Oh, gee, I don't want that package bent. I started, no, no, no. This is is transition from a 
phase to this is going to last them a while. But you've done it, Jeffrey. Uh, and when I say you've, that goes for Scott also. Yeah. And when I say I ponied up for the certificates, mom also ponied up. So please understand that when I say I, it's not me as a solo individual. This is the benefactors. And I could not think of anything better as a benefactor than supporting you and Scott. And to be able to say that you moved through a phase, no. And is this ever going to go out of your life? We collectively hope not, Jeffrey. Mom is right here with me, and I can tell you that we hope not. And you know why, Jeffrey? Why is that? Because it brings you, your brother, and our family closer together. And I do want to tell your listeners that for those that interface with you on a personal basis, I am so thankful for that. And everybody that listens, it just absolutely warms my heart as a father. And I will be, um, again, recognizing another four people when you choose to do it at the end of the year. So we'll do this again and we'll have this dance. And hopefully, you know, I can do this once again. Absolutely. That'll be a Christmas present for the listeners. And that would, again be a wonderful idea jeffrey dad i want to thank you mom thank you i know she can kind of hear in the background kind of yeah she's she's right here right leaning here. over the phone <laughs> <laughs> i want to thank you guys for doing this scott and i love you we appreciate everything you guys have always done for us and ever done for us so thank you guys we love you we love you too honey and it was our pleasure i love you with all my heart jeffrey and to each one of your readers Grab your family and love them. Thank you, son. Thank you, guys. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for doing this on behalf of the podcast. It was a lot of fun talking to you guys. It's fun having you guys on the show. And also, congratulations to Bo, Ralphie, Joseph, and Hans. Congratulations. You have seven days to hit us up. Seven days from the day the show drops to the day our next show goes up. You have seven days to hit us up. Slide into the DMs. Let us know you won. We will get you your $50 eBay gift card. Congratulations, guys. Congrats, guys. Let us know what you get. Yeah. I'm curious if it's going to be wrestling figures or maybe Ralphie puts it back into figure photography, maybe. Would love to see it. Scott, we've got some listeners, so what do you say we jump into it? Let's talk to them. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. Scott, our first audio comes in from Ken. Let's see what Ken's got to say. What's up, buddies? It's your boy Kenny at Armbar Figs. Wanted to uh, send in this quick voice memo to let you know how much I enjoyed last week's episode of you guys breaking down all the Comic-Con haps and whatnot with all of the cool stuff going on. But I will say the best part of the show is when Jeff said he pre-ordered that new Masters of the Universe ring with Hogan and Austin because it's just so freaking cool. And uh, I'm glad to hear you guys come around on that stuff because no, they're not retros, but they are really cool. 
and uh, they're fun figures, and I've been happy with everything that's been they've been done so far. I uh, want to shout out good brother Mike for finding uh, the rest of series two that I needed. Shout outs to him for doing the job, getting in that legwork. Uh, I'm psyched for series three to hit pegs. I'm psyched for all the stuff that re they revealed, and I'm psyched for everybody to get on board having a good time with their Masters of the Universe wrestling figs. Peace. Thank you, Ken, for sending that in. Um, dude, it's funny. You know, you want to know what the main selling point on that ring was for me? What was it? It wasn't the four snakes in each corner. It wasn't the Stone Cold figure. It was the Hogan figure because he had a helmet on. Uh, <laughs> okay, I missed that. Was it the SmackDown, or not the SmackDown, but the helmet with the fist on it? It's just the helmet that sold me. Was it a construction helmet like pile driver? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> oh. No. No, dude, it it was the Hogan figure that actually sold me and it was the the helmet like an added accessory that made it for me. And I never opened the rings anyways. I actually bought two WCW rings with Dusty because I wanted one to open and one to keep in the package. Gotcha. Yeah. I had to open mine cuz I needed that Dusty figure. But here's going to be the tough thing is I want to display the Hogan, but I don't want to pop open the ring. So now I'm in a now I'm in a dilemma. Oh, a bit of a pickle, if you will, Jeff. Now you need to buy another ring just to get that Hogan. Uh, go away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Celeste. <laughs> Kenny was big on the monsters. Not the monsters. He was big on the zombies. So I knew he would take to these Masters of the Universe figures. That was right up his alley. But... Scott and I have said this a gazillion times and we'll say it again. Those masters figures are doing so well for Mattel. And there's so many factors that go into it, whether it's customizers, Remco's or people that just love masters of the universe. So I'm happy it's catching on like it is because when you guys go out and purchase these figures, it help feeds other lines. It help feeds the elites. It help feeds them to think of another series down the road and who knows if that will be a hit but it's something new that we can either pick apart or fall in love with we'll we'll see it leads to more and that's why i'm happy these are doing well and jeff you could see that series one possibly series two was going to be a hit because of all of the excitement when mattel announced the masters of the universe and wwe crossover the support that it got right out of the gate you could tell okay series one's gonna do good series two probably going to do good if it extends past Series 2, that's going to be because the fans are demanding more and putting their money behind this product. You and I discussed that when they announced the line. If this thing goes beyond two or three series, it's going to be because you guys are funding it. If you want this to continue, show Mattel that you do by spending money on it. And that's exactly what's happening. And as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, Jeff, every single series is getting better than the series that preceded it. So... Kudos to Mattel for brainstorming this idea, but kudos to the fans that are loving it and are putting their money and support behind it because you're keeping it going. So you guys are loving it. You're keeping it going. I'm happy for you guys. A little piece of me is regretting not getting into this one when it first started up. But again, there's just too much other stuff to invest in, but I'm happy for the collectors that are enjoying it because that's really what it's all about. Other stuff to get into. You mean like Pimped Out Destro? <laughs> exactly. No, Jeff, Profit Director Destro. 
Oh, profit director. <laughs> yes. Profit director. Not pimp Destro. Come on. Where's that located at? The profit director Destro? Yeah. Oh, funny you ask. I was just on Hasbro Pulse today. Uh, today would be Thursday, August 6th. And you can still pre-order him on Hasbro Pulse for $24.99. Oh, that's it? That's it. Go Jump on HasbroPulse.com and search Destro. And profit director, not pimp Destro, will pop up. He's $5 <laughs> more than the other guys. The other guys are $19.99. Profit director is $5 because, you know, the bitches better have his money. So he is $5 more than the others. And he's one of the few Joes that you can actually still pre-order on Hasbro Pulse. So is he like pimp bot that was on Conan O'Brien? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. But maybe a little more classy and would definitely shoot you. <laughs> Kenny, thank you for sending that in. Follow him on Armbar Figs on Twitter. Thank you, Kenny. Scott, next question comes in from Jonathan. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, Jeff and Scott. Jonathan Mayer here in St. Joseph, Illinois. It's been a while since I've checked in, so just wanted to drop you a little toy spotting story. So currently it's Wednesday morning, August 5th, and I know we're listening to this in the future, but um, the AEW figures, as we all know, were supposed to drop on Monday. They didn't. Um, Jeremy Padauer has been a wealth of information, you know, very open, um, and has said that he thought they were mostly going to hit today or a lot of them were going to hit today. And, you know, we saw all over you know, Twitter that, that some stores were getting them yesterday and people were posting them. So this morning, um, my wife needs to borrow the car. I'm working from home. Her, her car's in the, the body shop. So I told her, hey, I need to go to these Walmarts when they open at least because I'm not going to have access to my car at, at lunchtime. So I get to my local Walmart at about 10 till 7. And they're opening at seven. It's a unique scenario because of the you know the pandemic that we're in uh, here in Illinois. The WalMarts are not open 24 hours a day, and and they're open you know seven to nine or, or something like that. So I go and it's 10 till seven. There's you know there's not other people there, and and I go stand by the doors. The doors you know don't open up. I mean it clearly stated there that they open at seven. So you know well I'm just going to stand here and wait um, since I'm here anyway. Then somebody comes and. I didn't know if they had a key or not, but they, they just kind of pried open the doors and pried open the second set of doors and, and walked right in. Now, they worked with a local beer distributor, so they were you know going in to do, do their work. But this is at about eight minutes till seven. So it's still not time for me to go in. But I noticed that they go in. Um, but it was funny when, when the person was walking up, I was thinking, well, maybe this is somebody else who's, who's going to be fig hunting. Maybe this is somebody I'm going to have to race once these doors open. Um, you know, and it ends up he just walks in because he's working. But it was former WWE referee Jack Doan. I was pretty sure it was him because I've seen him around before. But um, after he walks in, you know, I look up his Facebook page and, and sure enough, it was him. So I, I thought that was kind of funny. But um, but then I'm still outside. Doors not open yet. But I saw that he just walked in um, about five minutes till I tested it out and I just walked in both doors and I'm back in the figure aisle you know, before they officially open, which I thought was pretty cool. Now I found empty pegs, you know, they had AEW rings and, and belts like we've seen. Um, they did not have any figures. They did have a fresh case of elite 77 that was out. Um, I didn't pick up any of any of those, but then ran over to another Walmart, same scenario. Uh, so I just wanted to say, you know, good luck with all of us fig hunting this week. Um, I thought it was a unique story being able to go into Walmart before they opened. 
and it just this is this is fun, guys. Um, I've struck out every time I've gone to a store, but it's it's fun looking for something and, and having a unique product out there on the shelf, and and hopefully we're all enjoying it, and, and that we all you know end up with the figures that we want. Um, congratulations on all the episodes, guys. Sorry for being too uh, long winded here. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. See, this is where. Jonathan is different from Scott. Scott would have seen referee Jack Doan. Scott would have taken off after Jack Doan. <laughs> Got a selfie. <laughs> Probably. No I, shame. I could see you definitely doing that, dude. <laughs> oh, for sure. I was actually happy that Jonathan had a referee on site just in case another collector ran up and tried to snake an AEW chase figure or something out of his hand. Referee on site. The one of 500 or the one of 1,000? Exactly, yeah. Got a referee ready to make the calls. <laughs> Dude, I've been checking BrickSeek every day. Everything's staying out of stock. And I would rather check BrickSeek because the Walmarts around here aren't the best. When I mean not the best, they're not the safest. Right. I, I still will make a run over there, but I try to do it super early in the morning before I start work. Or at a downtime, which always seems to be about 1 or 2 o'clock, it doesn't seem like anything's going on. So I'll try to make a trip over there. But the bad thing is, is the Walmarts out in the Tri-Valley area that are better than the ones out here. And when I say Tri-Valley area, I mean Pleasanton, Livermore. They're not that good either, like as far as stocking figures on pegs. Like the one in Pleasanton just isn't the best, dude. I don't even remember the last time I found figures there. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I will say I did find the G.I. Joes, all except Snake Eyes and Destro. Other than that, dude, they're bad out there. Livermore is a little bit better i mean that's not saying much but it's a little bit better but it's still not the best as far as finding figures it's kind of frustrating but it is what it is so as far as the AEW figures it sucks we were told one day but you know it's 2020 we were in the middle of a pandemic we got resets at walmart's going on who knows it it was going to be a crapshoot if they were out or not and they weren't so it is what it is who knows by the time the show drops we might find them as of right now, everyone just kind of keep checking Brick Seek, keep checking the numbers. Doing the Favor has SKUs and UPC codes that you can check, which is a fantastic tool. It's just a link right over to Brick Seek with your UPC code and it'll bring it up. Awesome, awesome job that they did putting that together. So just keep checking those over at Doing the Favor. Keep checking your Pop Finder. Keep checking Brick Seek. Scott, next question comes in from Michael Sugarman. I know this isn't wrestling related, but a quick guide for those who aren't G.I. Joe or He-Man experts. What show should we catch up on, in particular for Kevin Smith's upcoming Netflix He-Man show? For G.I. Joe, the one that I tell everybody is Resolute. And that one is actually on Tubi. You can watch it for free. You just download the Tubi app, look up G.I. Joe Resolute, and it pops up. It's probably, I think it's only like 45 minutes, 50 minutes long. It's outstanding, and it's probably the best G.I. Joe story I've ever seen. Uh, There's violence. They actually kill off characters, and it's incredible. And like I said, it's only like 45 minutes, 50 minutes long. It's got all of your favorites featured. That is my go-to for G.I. Joe. After that, you got to go old school with the cartoons. Jump onto Hasbro's YouTube channel and just jump on their live stream. And you just literally will jump into the middle of an episode, and you can just binge it. And they've got a bunch of episodes showing on there. It's awesome. Now, as far as He-Man, oof, you're, ugh, man, I, I honestly don't know where to find the cartoon. I know that Netflix used to have the old cartoon up. I don't know that they still do. 
that would be a spot to check for He-Man cartoons would be Netflix. But you could always go back and watch the Toys That Made Us Masters of the Universe episode. That'll kind of get you up to speed on the toys. But I don't know if they still have the cartoon series or not. If they do, just jump in. Because when Kevin Smith's new He-Man show comes out, it's going to be a continuation of that 80s cartoon. So that'll completely catch you up. Oh, it's a continuation. It's not like a restart where they reboot it or something? Correct. They're continuing with the story. Okay. Okay. Because I was planning on watching that, but I was thinking that they were going to kind of reboot it. Yeah. Last I heard anyway, it was just a continuation of the 80s cartoon. So they're not trying to retell any stories. They're jumping in, assuming that you've already watched the 80s cartoon and you're already up to speed on all the characters. Okay. That kind of sucks, dude, because uh, I wanted to see what Kevin Smith could do with retelling the original story. Well, I mean, he can still take it in any direction that he wants to. And the old cartoon, it's not like they killed off any characters or anything. True. So he's got like a wide open library of characters to deal with here. So he can just tell the story that he wants to. But as far as I know, it's a continuation of meaning you're not going to be bogged down with backstories of these guys. They're going to assume that you already know what you're dealing with. And again, that's going off of the information I heard originally on that new Masters of the Universe series. Okay, because I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Him doing He-Man, I was like, okay, I'm kind of interested. Yeah. But I thought he was going to go back and retell the story or something like that. Yeah, and you've got to wonder too if they're going to come out with a new G.I. Joe cartoon. They've rebooted the G.I. Joe cartoon quite a few times over the years with Sigma-6. And as I mentioned with Resolute, there was also Renegades. So, and the comic books as well. They've done several reboots or restarts, if you will. And honestly, with the Masters of the Universe, with Kevin Smith at the helm, I think it's going to be awesome. And I'm definitely going to be watching that. And I also did watch, if you want to go into another 80s toy line here, the Transformers. Last week, they debuted Transformers War for Cybertron Siege, and it's going to be a trilogy. So this is part one, and I believe it's five or six episodes. I watched the whole thing. It was awesome. People are going to nitpick whatever. I just sat back. I enjoyed it for what it was. So if you're looking to get into Transformers as well, this is a retelling of the story. And you get to know Optimus Prime, Megatron, and all of the Autobots and Decepticons on either side. So if you haven't seen any of the old Transformers cartoon, this is a great spot to jump in. Scott, are you flooded with Transformers out there on the shelves? There are a lot of Transformers. And it's kind of disheartening, too. I mean, it's great for the Transformers fans. And you could say the same thing for Marvel Legends, too. There's so many Marvel Legends on the pegs. But then you head over to the wrestling figures and you're like, hmm, okay. Where's the love for wrestling that there is on the Transformers side or there is on the Marvel Legends side. But wrestling is lacking. And at the same token, G.I. Joe is lacking. So kudos to those other toy lines that have great distribution. And it speaks volumes about what we're about with wrestling figures that it doesn't match up to what you see on the pegs for Transformers. Dude, even the McFarlane DC figures, I see a ton more of those than I do wrestling figures. Not to mention G.I. Joe figures as well. Same out here, man. Um, In my journeys of Seven Targets this past weekend, I just (laughs) noticed that there was a lot of Transformers on the pegs. I should say on the pegs on the shelves. And I felt kind of bad because I thought Transformers was huge. I was like, man, these toys are beautiful. You know, is is the demand for Transformers just not there right now? No, I think it is. I think distribution is just better on their part. 
Oh, really? People are buying them and they're flooding the shelves with these things. That's why you see a lot of them. But people are definitely buying the Transformers for sure. Mattel, take note. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Thank you, Michael Sugarman. Hopefully we answered your question. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. This week I wanted to ask you guys, what is the loudest crack of thunder you guys have ever heard? About a year or so ago, my parents were out and I was in my dad's room hanging out with the dog. All of a sudden, I hear a loud bang that sounds like it came right outside the window. It caused me to jump out of my seat, and even though my dog isn't afraid of thunder, she too was caught off guard by the sound. I don't know if lightning struck nearby or what, but I'm glad it was not outside at that time. Uh, For me, it would be when I was in Colorado. We were having a team building thing going on, and we were up in the mountains, and we were standing there. We were about to do this next team building obstacle or whatnot all of a sudden this thunder just hits and it sounded like it was far away so i didn't think anything of it i was just like okay it's far away all of a sudden all of our colorado employees or my coworkers out there just kind of froze and i'm like okay what's going on they said well we're trying to see what the next thing of thunder is so we're trying to tell how far away it is I'm like, you guys are weird. You know, let's just do the <laughs> obstacle. Come on now. This you is... weird mountain people. <laughs> and so everybody paused. And Sean and I are just like, come on, guys, let's do the obstacle. Sure enough, the next crack of thunder, and it did sound closer. So the guide that was taking us around the obstacle course said, hey, guys, we do need to get under some shelter. And I'm like, is this thing for real? Like, <laughs> are we really doing this? <laughs> so, so sure enough, we had to go inside this little... Um, I guess thunder shed, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> did you have a thunder buddy, Jeff? F and right, Johnny. <laughs> so, so anyways, we had to wait for this thunder and lightning to go through. And sure enough, dude, that the thunder was coming through and it was loud cracks. And I was like, Holy crap, man. Like that was pretty loud, but it wasn't anything to like scare me or anything or anything like that. Cause out here, we don't get a lot of thunder or lightning or we get some solid downpours, but we don't get thunder, lightning, anything like that. It's kind of rare. Right. So this, it's funny. This kind of reminds me of that scene in the uh, great outdoors, that great John Candy and Dan Aykroyd movie from the eighties where that dude had been hit by lightning in the head 17 <laughs> times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. If you've never seen it, go watch it. The great outdoors. It's outstanding. Uh, the loudest I've ever heard, Jeff, and you may not remember this because you were pretty young. I was in fifth grade at the time. We had gone to Lake Shasta as we did for a few consecutive summers there. And we were sleeping in the van and there was a thunderstorm that literally lit up the outside like it was daytime. I've never seen a thunderstorm like it. And to this day, haven't seen one since. It was incredible. The whole sky lit up white. And it was loud. And like you, I wasn't freaked out. I'm like, okay, I'm inside of a vehicle. I, I mean, unless like the lightning hits a tree and sets it on fire or something right next to the van that I'm in, then it's cause for concern. But I felt pretty protected. But right. it, dude, it was loud and it was bright. I do want to say when Celeste and I flew into Chicago for all in, yeah, it was all in. Dude, we were flying into Chicago and dude, it was just lightning strikes out um like far out and I was looking from the airplane and I was like, 
check that out. She goes, what? That's awesome. That's like the Flash Gordon movie. That's great. <laughs> so we touch down and we start driving to our hotel. And now it's about 1230 in the morning, 130 in the morning. And there's lightning going on all around us and thunder. I had never seen anything like that because as I said, it doesn't happen out here in California or in the Northern California area that we see just lightning strike, lightning strike, hearing cracks of thunder. Celeste was actually kind of nervous driving. And I was like, this is kind of cool because it's lighting up the car, you know? But yeah, but I just didn't get nervous. Like I didn't think I was going to get struck by it 17, 17 times, you know? <laughs> yeah, good thing. Good <laughs> right, thing. right. You were well protected. And Celeste was driving, so you were fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. She was my thunder buddy. Uh, Jeff, breaking news. We have breaking news? We have breaking news right now. My wife just delivered, during recording, an an entertainment earth box. Uh-oh. Do you want to do an unboxing real quick? Uh, well, I guess now's as good a time as any. Yeah, let's let's unbox that guy. Okay, hold on. I just so happen... Thank you, wife. I just so happen to have a pen here. Here is the box. Don't shake it. You'll bend something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, at my age, probably my back be down for a week. <laughs> Holy crap, that review was right last week. <laughs> Where they made fun of our age. <laughs> Still working on that box. Hold on. There's my receipt. What, what does the receipt say? The receipt says... Especially the credit card number. <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> two. <laughs> Item name, WWE Mr. T Elite Collection Action Figure. Ooh, what is that? Oh, my. Well packaged, by the way. Kudos to Entertainment Earth. They know what they're shipping. They're shipping collectibles. So there is a piece of tape, Jeff. Don't cut that. Don't cut that. I, I will show you the box. There it is. Red box with gold chain says Elite Collection. That's pretty, dude. Yeah. Very, very well done. I am not going to open this yet because I do want another one to open up and then it's going to be which package is better because that one stays in the box the other one i will slip the tape and open it up so i don't want to do that just yet i've only got the one in hand but i can tell you the packaging alone as you can see jeff the elite collection is blinged out on the necklace on the red package looks beautiful the back of it has the wwe scratch logo in black beautiful box by Mattel putting it back into the box and if I get my hands on another one I will do a live unboxing during the show so when I get another one I'm definitely going to crack one open because I need to have that thing out of the package I gotta see it love love what I've seen so far and the people that have done the unboxing videos that Mr. T is incredible and I can't wait for more hold on while we're talking about Mr. T let's see what he's going for on eBay Oh my goodness. Mr. Sold out everywhere, right? Uh to my knowledge, yes. So there yeah. So the first one that pops up, WWE Mr. T Elite Collection figure exclusive SDCC 2020 in hand with one day and nineteen hours left, thirteen bids, sixty-six dollars with six dollars shipping. 
Okay. So do you remember when the Macho Man Slim Jim came out last year? It was kind of all over the place at first. Yes. But then it kind of settled into that 60 to $70 range. I don't know what it's going for now. That would be a good everybody has a price segment. But when it first came out, it was kind of all over the board. But then it kind of settled in, right? What you're seeing on that Mr. T price, right around 65 bucks, And it would hover between anywhere from like 60 to $80 at any given time. So I looked up Macho Man. There's a buy it now for $129 with $14.90 shipping. Another ah. $174.95 with $9.95 shipping. No watchers. $140 or best offer with $13 shipping. $150, $150, $150 with free shipping. $199. So that's kind of what it's going for right now. Man. Yeah, if you're if you're on the fence, now's the time to pick them up for sure. Because by next year at this time, it's going to be going for what you're seeing Macho Man go for. Even though these two wrestlers are not on this website, we want you guys to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Like that segue, Scott? Very well done, dude. Very smooth. Head on over to Wrestling Toy Tracker. You can check out the prices of carded and loose LJNs, Hasbros, Galoobs, Just Toys, Bendoms, Defining Moments, Retros. I remember to say retros this week, Scott. Well done. Thank you. So head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com to check out the prices. Make sure you're getting a fair value when you head on over to eBay or Macari or Facebook Market or wherever you get your figures from. So check out Wrestling Toy Tracker. Have it up in one browser. Have your buying sites on another to for those figures. Scott, Eagle Moss. Yes, guys, if you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a gift or a special certain something for that certain someone, look no further than Eagle Moss. Head on over to Twitter. Check them out at HeroCollector underscore. Check out all of the cool properties under their umbrella from WWE to Battlestar Galactica to Star Trek to DC. You name it. They've got it. Check them out on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. Also, we want you to check out our podcast buddies, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Scott, you are wearing their tank top right now. I am rocking the G.I. Joe tank top, or I should say G.I. Joe-inspired tank top. I love that tank top. I got the sweatshirt. Celeste got the shirt. Great design. Great design by Jason Wolf. Absolutely killed it. I think it's fantastic. One of the best designs Jason's ever done. So kudos. Oh, for sure. Head on over to What a Maneuver to pick up that shirt. Also listen to them. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour on iTunes. Also check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo. Also check out Doing the Favor, where... Eric and Barry each week put up a new episode regarding wrestling figures. And Scott, they believe that the girl never played with my hair that at the Sharks game, Sharks playoff game. I I don't remember it. And Eric actually had a good point. He said that you have been known to kick back a few drinks, which back back in 94? It would have been 95. 95. I believe you had a few wine mixers. (laughs) What was I, in Catalina? You had a few wine mixers. <laughs> before pow! you went before you went are you saying pow? <laughs> before you went into the Sharks game, and that's why you don't remember it. And you know what? Eric might be right. If it was before, dude, that thing went into like multiple overtimes. Yes. So I would have sobered up. So if it happened early enough in the game, yeah, there's a good chance that I don't remember. Because I know for sure I didn't drive to the game, so that would make sense. Yes. That I had a few, as you call them, wine mixers. Wait, what was what was the 
you used to drink some uh, fruity drinks back in 96. Well, thank you for calling me out on that, Jeff, exposing me to the audience. Uh, <laughs> those would have been wine coolers, uh, specifically Bartles and James wine coolers. Wine coolers, not wine mixer. I just watched uh, Step Brothers the other day, so of course that's stuck. <laughs> okay, so you were drinking wine coolers. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that you know what actually that's the equivalent today of drinking a bunch of white claws. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so thank you for calling me out, Jeff. I truly appreciate that. Well, people like white claws, so it's okay. Yeah, back in the day, my drinks of choice really were like wine coolers, not really like Zimas or anything like that, and Midori sours. I ordered a Zima, not an emphysema. That's a Simpsons reference for you. Anyways, check out doing the favor. <laughs> <laughs> check out doing the favor on itunes and check out that website where it's easy access for SKUs, upcs dpcis awesome awesome tool doing the favor.com check out steve also over at the positively pro wrestling podcast you heard him earlier in the show we're gonna plug him one more time guys again congrats on episode 100 we're happy for you guys they're on to episode 101 so episode 100 was so like last week dude yeah, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Trust us, it really is. <laughs> yeah, speaking from experience. <laughs> Check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling on iTunes. Every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. And Scott, you recorded for eight hours for Drunk Wrestling History. Sad. <laughs> Man, by like hour six, I'm like, okay, guys. We need to start thinking about wrapping this up, but that wasn't going to happen for another two hours. We did four episodes in eight hours. That's a lot of drinking. It's a lot of talking. If those are your thing, give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling <laughs> underscore drunk. We've got a t-shirt up over at what a maneuver with our logo. I have no idea what the next episode we're going to release is. I want to say it is our, Worst tag teams, Mount Rushmore, or as I called it, Mount Mulkey. I believe that's the next episode to drop. So again, anywhere you find your podcasts, wherever you download Fully Posable at, you can find Drunk Wrestling History. We're on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk, where we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. I wouldn't say the Mulkies are the worst tag team ever. No, no, no. I And I actually didn't have them on my list. We each did three. And they were not on my list of worst tag teams ever. I actually paid them a, uh, quite a nice compliment, but I did name my worst tag team Mountain after them. Oh, okay. Okay. Like there's no president on Mount Rushmore with the last name Rushmore, but it's called Mount Rushmore. So mine is called Mount Mulkey with three really crappy tag teams on it. <laughs> All right. I got to tune in and hear your guys' list. I'm Now I'm curious. Anyways, check <laughs> out tune in to find out, man. <laughs> also, check out Lucha Libre figures and facts. We're going to be recording episode four coming up, so I can't wait for you guys to hear that one. Also, fun, fun episode over at Ringside Rant with RJ. He just had Dimitri Young on, Scott. The baseball player. Uh, yep. Very, nice. Very fun episode. Dimitri knows his stuff regarding wrestling, dude. He was talking about AWA. He was talking about NWA. That was the era he grew up in. So it was beautiful. It was a fun, fun episode. And he talked a lot about playing in ballparks and 
which ones were trash and which ones were fun to play in and stuff like that. Anyways, check out that episode with Dimitri Young over at Ringside Rant. And also, last but certainly not least, we want to congratulate Rucker for interviewing Mickey James over on Boot to the Face. That was a good interview. Rucker always does a good job, man. That was fun. That's awesome. That's a great get, Rucker. Congratulations, man. Yeah, dude. Seriously, we're very happy for you. So check out Boot to the Face, where him and his buddy Marty do a fun, fun show over there talking all things wrestling. Scott, roll call. Yes. First and foremost, as we do every single week here, going to throw it out to the great Jason Wolf. Mentioned <laughs> earlier, he hooked. God damn it. <laughs> Got any more? Nope, that's it. Okay. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You should leave that in. <laughs> you cut the rock off at second base. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm good. You son of a... <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, he hooked me up with a Freddy Blassie figure. I cannot wait to get it in hand and hang it up on the wall. One of my favorite figures of this year so far, for sure. Huge thanks to Jason Wolf for that. But outside of that... If you need artwork, Jason is your guy. He's our guy. He should be your guy, too. We know an art guy. Jason, you could know an art guy, too. Hit him up on Twitter at JasonWLF. Again, if you need artwork, Jason is your guy. Jeff, I want to throw it back out to our sponsors. Of course, Manscaped.com. We're at checkout. Use code WFP20. Save yourself 20% and get free shipping. Foco.com. If you are looking for WWE bobbleheads, they are your place. At checkout, use code WFP10. Save yourself 10%. Eagle Moss, give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. And finally, Jeff, I want to throw it out to the listeners this week. I just want to say thank you to all of you. It has been a crazy last month on this show, to say the least, between us talking new figures and some other things that have happened. It's been insane. You guys have been there for us. And with us, every step of the way, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. And I've had a sore throat for a month and a half. The acoustics in this room are not befitting somebody <laughs> with my talents. <laughs> uh, before we go, I also want to throw it out to the great figure photographer, Sean Welch. He just did a Hogan Warrior photo shot, and it came out fantastic. So great job, Sean, on that. That dude's awesome. Also, last but certainly not least, want to say thank you to mom and dad for throwing up the gift cards for the listeners. Congratulations to the four winners again. So thank you, mom and dad, for doing that. We love you guys. Love you, mom and dad. Look at the benefactors stepping in, making it rain gift cards. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't want that visual. Anyways. (laughs) Scott, for episode 238, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, Fig Life since 2016, and happy toy hunting. We want to thank everyone for listening to episode 238, hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. 
Fully poseable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the kings